Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. My name is Ola. I'm here with Jay. Hello. And Miss Bette. Hi. And we have the amazing, the fantabulous, the fantastic Amy Dawes on our podcast today. Hello, Amy. Hello. That's a big intro for someone who just woke up five minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Amazing. So we're so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And we are really excited because you have just released a new book. Yes, I have. It's been a whirlwind a uh, couple weeks, but yeah, it's it's going well. Yeah. Um, last on the list, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Like what? a little bit of a synopsis? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, last on the list is technically book five in my Wait With Me series, but I always work really hard to write all of my books as standalones so anyone can pick up any book in within any part of the series, but, um, this is actually my first single dad romance. I've, I've published, uh, 22 books now and I can't believe it's, I, I've managed to not write a single dad book in all that time because I think readers love single dad books. Um, but it's a single dad nanny romance, which gives it an extra twist. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a rom-com. It's super steamy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on TikTok now and I've, I've learned anything from TikTok readers. Uh, they love the spice. So when I yep. wrote this book, I had them in mind and I, I feel like this might be one of my steamier books. Um, but it still has that, um, that heart and those, those emotions that I seem to bring into all of my books. So, yeah. I noticed that as well. I was like, she's really taken it up a step. Like, there's a lot more sex in this than the other books. I was like, Uh, she must have been having a good day that day. Like, something happened. I love it. Clearly inspired. uh, Clearly inspired. But also, I think because this was a nanny single dad romance, there was a little bit more um, trust between the two characters, like, earlier on than most of my books, where they have to kind of get to know each other whenever they see each other, but like the forced proximity of her being the nanny and living in the guest house, um, made it easy for me to, I think, make this steamier once, once they, once they cross that boundary. I know. I feel like we all want to find a max. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm definitely living that dream. Like I do have a boyfriend, but I'm not against finding a max. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I don't blame you. That's how I feel every time. (laughs) And I'm married. (laughs) Right. I respect that so much. Um, How did you get into writing romance? You know, my first book was actually uh, a memoir about my struggles through recurrent pregnancy loss. And um, it's called Chasing Hope. Hope is my daughter's middle name. Um, It was our, me and my husband's journey of infertility, basically. It's super tragic, very emotional. Um, I was just working through my past traumas. And when, after I'd published that, I was like, God, I would never read a book like that. (laughs) I (laughs) loved romance, you know? And so I was like, 
I, but I, I got the itch to write after I'd written something that I'd experienced. And I was like, I wonder if I could bring an infertility storyline into a romance novel. I don't feel like I'd ever, I'd ever really seen that. So um, my first book uh, that I published is called A Broken Us. And it's about a couple who have infertility struggles and the woman eventually leaves her partner to kind of go start a new life. And so it's second chance romance. And um, yeah, that's kind of when I got started, uh, like realizing, okay, I can write fiction too, not just, you know, nonfiction memoir. I could, I actually can handle fiction. And so it obviously just blew up from there because that was back in 2014. And yeah, like I said, I've, I just released my 22nd book and all but one, a romance. So. Oh my God. That's crazy. 22 books. That's a mission. Yeah, I know. It's weird. And they're like not short books either. No, I get longer the more I write. Like every book seems to get beefier (laughs) and beefier. I'm like, I don't know why I feel like I have more to say. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're really, really good. And they're all kind of different as well, but they're all super rom-commy. So you feel really good when you read them, but the storylines are so different. Yeah, well, and when you look at my past work, if, if anyone's read them all, it's like you can see me healing from that past trauma because my very first series, my London Lover series, is more angsty and emotional. And um, there's still comedy in there because, like, I'm a middle child at heart, so I'm, like, always trying to be the jokester, trying to get attention. Like, that is my personality since I've been a child. But um, as my books progress, you can just see my writing getting lighter and brighter and more hopeful. And so I think that was just me working through, um, that working away from that story that I experienced of infertility and finding my groove and a new career. I actually found something that you wrote that cracked me the fuck up. (laughs) Oh, in the new book, instead of saying that she was chubby, she called herself a nutritional overachiever. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) It's going into our glossary. We have a glossary of words. Nutritional overachiever is definitely going in there. I loved that one. It was so good. Yeah, I was inspired. (laughs) Yeah. We want to shut your fucking face. You're gorgeous. Trust me, I'm not fishing for compliments, but I am a nutritional overachiever. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, Cozy Cozy, um, in Last on the List uh, knew her body, knew her her yeah. style and she was okay with it. I mean, she had moments of insecurity because I couldn't, no matter how hard I tried, I could not write um, a fully hundred percent confident plus size heroine. It did not feel true to me. It did not feel authentic to me. Um, and ultimately these are my characters. So it has to feel right to me or it won't, I don't think it'll resonate on the page. So, but um, you know, I'd written a plus size heroine in blindsided and she was much more insecure, much more oh self-deprecating. I um, yeah. I'm Freya. obsessed with Freya. That's how I found out about your books is through Blindsided because it was number one. Yeah. On yeah, Amazon. And that was wild. I two found years, it. Two years yeah. later because of book talk, because of TikTok. Like, it was just wild. Oh, my God. It is one of the best plus-size books I've read. See, I love a plus-size so, book. Love yeah, it. sure. Well, I'm, I'm kind of newer to plus size. I'd written it in the past, but didn't really market it as much until I've realized that readers are looking for it, you know? And I'm like, God, why are you not marketing when you have plus size heroines? And yeah, so Freya and Blindsided was a little more insecure, inexperienced, self-deprecating. And I remember reading in some reviews, people were like, I'm so sick of the fat girl, like needing a hot man to tell her she's beautiful. 
I was like, God, good point. I, I'm sick of that too. <laughs> so when I wrote last on the list, um, I was like, I'm going to write a confident plus size heroine. Like I'm going to do it. And then like, while I was in there, I was like, I can't, I can't fully do it. So I, I gave cozy uh, my character uh, a lot of confidence, but she still had those moments where that voice in the back of your head kind of wins some days. And I think that's natural. I think that's believable for even people in smaller pants size. You know what I mean? All women have insecurities about something. So that felt more authentic to me. So, yeah. Totally. There's like this meme. So I'm plus size and I was like wearing crop tops for a while. And then there was this meme that like went everywhere and it was, um, all curvy chicks who wear crop tops look like Winnie the Pooh. And so for like six months, oh I stopped wearing God. them because I was like, fuck, now I look like Winnie the Pooh. And I didn't even know. Oh Dude, my. it's so rough. I know. That so is heavy. rough. That is rough. But you know when there's like a shred of truth to everything, you, it like haunts you. Yes. So you can't let it go. But also, it's not true. But like, yeah, you could, you're like, yeah, I could see that. It's got to be true. Like, oh, it's so hard to quiet that voice. And then... When you get slapped with a joke like that, that's like cruel, but like maybe has some truth. You're like, how do I, how do I get past that? Winnie the Pooh is like rough as shit. Like there's (laughs) other things that they could have said. It's like, oh, you might look a bit circular, but like when you look at Winnie the Pooh, you're like, fuck. Okay. Oh my God. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. So I didn't wear a crop top last summer, but I did the summer before. Good. You gotta, you gotta wear what you want. Um, what are you reading at the moment? What's your favorite book? What are you, what's happening? What's the go? What's the latest? Ah, you know, I'm a big rereader. I don't know if you guys are, but I think I do it because, uh, if I get sucked into a new book and I'm supposed to be writing, then I get behind on my words. So if I reread (laughs) something, then I don't get sucked in. But do you, I like, like, listen, it's hard to pick a favorite book. It's like, like how, like, it depends on your mood, but I'm lately obsessed with Credence by Penelope Douglas. Has anyone read that? Yeah, it's such a good book. Oh, and it is dirty. And I am like here for it. And it's reverse harem. It was my first ever reverse harem book. And I was like, I think I'm a reverse harem fan. (laughs) I had no idea what's wrong with me. And I don't even know what made me pick it up. It was like the blurb just talked about these three men stuck in a mountain and they get snowed in up there with this girl who's barely 18. And I was like, why do I like this? But I like it. You know, it's just like that taboo and that reverse harem is shocking enough that you want to try it. And I was like, yeah, Oh my it's God. Like, it's like when you read Den of Vipers and you're like, I don't know why I like it when he pulls a knife out, but I really love it. <laughs> it's like, That's there's something sh- wrong with me. I should probably get checked, but I really like it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of obsessed with her right now. She's, she's great. Penelope is. Yeah. I was reading, um, oh shit. I don't remember what it was called. Gemma Weir told us about it. So I got really stuck into Omega verse. I get, I get into like these, um, trances where I only read one type of book and, oh, yeah. and she recommended, oh, I forgot what it's called. Anyway, it was like 12 guys, one chick. And I was like, okay, too far. Back up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do you keep track of all those guys? I'm like, wait, who's this I guy? I don't know, where, because where? it was, 
it was only like really paying attention to like six of the guys. But even then I was like, this is a lot. Like, I don't know how much more of this I can take. Yeah, that's a that's a full cast. I mean, that's a that's a full cast of characters. That's a Broadway production. And then I was like, I don't know if this is um, Reverse Harem anymore or like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh yeah, like it was just a lot. <laughs> there yep, was a yep. lot going on. I love um, it. so I was going to ask, why did you start writing about plus size women? Um. Honestly, it was just one of my secondaries happened to be plus size. And I'm not sure if I ever really had plans to give her a story, but she was so cute and so lovable. Um, Freya first appears in my Harris Brothers series um, as uh, the best friend of the heroine who's in Surrender and Dominate. And so, yeah, she was. Yeah, Sloan. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. She's Sloan's best friend in business, partner eventually. And so they... um, yeah, she was just a fun secondary. And so I didn't have any major plans for Freya. And then um, the next book I wrote was about a South African footballer and his best friend was a Scottish footballer. And I don't know, just something told me that this like hot Scottish footballer with golden retriever energy would be really fun with Freya. Like I could see him picking at each other like an old married couple um, and just being like almost these like secret besties and not that like there's anything to be secretive about, but just, you know, how you find comfort with someone and they're just like all you want to hang out with. And when it's a man and a woman, you know, that's even more intriguing. And so I was like, I feel like I could write that. And, you know, I remember back then I was like, not sure if I should like make it well known in the blurb that Freya's plus size because I didn't want readers to shy away. Um, But since then, I mean, that, that, that book was written, you know, maybe almost, two and a half years ago now, I feel like there's been more of a surge of plus size romance hunger. Like people want more of that. So now I'm like, yeah, put it loud and proud in every blurb. People are ready for it. So um, yeah, it's interesting how the market, you know, ebbs and flows and what people want pops up. Blindsided is one of the funniest books I've ever read. It is so freaking funny and it is written so well and I'm not surprised it went to number one, but why do you think it did? Oh God, that's a great question. That is like a unicorn freak of a book and it feels like the book that I will forever try to top (laughs) because it's got such a strong fan base now and I just, I really don't know. And the thing is, I remember after I published that, that I felt like I fell short I remember I worked really hard on it. I worked with uh, beta readers and everything and I like finished it and I was like, I just, I, I think I missed it. I missed the mark. I don't think I, I don't think I got it, you know? And I think I just had such big plans for this hot, hulky, Scottish tatted footballer. And I don't know. It was just crazy. I was just in my own head. I'm very, I'm like insecurity is a part of my brand. And when it comes to my writing, I think everything I write sucks and I've learned that that's just a part of my process. So I just, I, I, I hear those voices, but I just move on anyways, like soldier on. Um, but yeah, I think blindsided is, I think the best friends aspect is interesting. Um, you know, professional footballer being best friends with like a plus size cat loving seamstress. Um, the opposites attract. It's not really grumpy sunshine, which is super popular right now because Mac isn't grumpy by any means. But he's got that older brother protective energy of her, you know, um, but he's obviously doesn't see her as a sister. Uh, so I don't know. It's just 
I think it's just their chemistry and the whole, like, I don't know. I, it's like you could see them on a couch together. You know what I mean? Like, you could picture those two characters. They just both had very clear, distinct points of view. And they were they were just so much fun to write, too, though. Yeah. And, like, the chase hot. Like, I die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do you come up with this stuff? This poor guy, Javier, with this chase hot lying on the ground, <laughs> crying that all of his cheese is destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> like, the Leo worst date ever. <laughs> I, I've said like recently that I think secondhand embarrassment is a part of my writing style because yeah. I just love to write a scene where everyone's horrified. Um, and you like the never have I ever seen. No, I can't title. talk about it. The, the first time I read it, I actually, I'm not going to lie to you, Amy, and I'm really sorry, but I like moved forward because that was way too cringe for me. The freaking, <laughs> what was it? The Dirty Sanchez? No, yeah. no, yeah. no, no. So for people who don't know, Freya and Mac, Freya and Mac go to like a house party and they play Never Have I Ever. And Freya doesn't understand a lot of the sexual terms which are going around. So she drinks to everything. And somebody asks if she's had a dirty Sanchez and she didn't know what it means. And for people who don't know what it means, it's when a guy puts a finger up your butt and then puts it over your top lip like a moustache. And so she starts <laughs> drinking to it. But there's like more embarrassing shit that happens, and I was cringing so hard. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just really like to embarrass my characters and then build them back up. Um, oh God, I don't know. So I don't know bad. what happened. I was, I really went for it there. But yeah, it is cringy. And that, that I did secondhand embarrassment in last on the list too. When, you know, the hero walks in on the heroine using her vibrator and she tries to hide it and then drops it and it's like still buzzing on the floor. It's like it was like, so we funny talking about that when before was, you came on. Yeah. And then when he goes like, Oh, don't worry, I'll get that and she's like, No, no. and just down the stairs. I know. And I was like the awkwardness of that loft ladder that she had to climb down to stop this the scene, like was just it was like slow motion running, like, come on, get down the ladder. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know why I love that so much. But I think secondhand embarrassment is a moment for everyone to get so frustrated that they let their guard down and they just voice their frustration. And I think that was, you know, the night that Freya admitted to Mac that she'd never had sex before. And um, that was the night that Cozy admitted to Max, Mac and Max. I don't know what I was thinking there. Uh, um, Cozy admitted to Max that she was attracted to him. So it's just something about that embarrassment that heightens the emotions of the scene that makes it possible for them to like have a breakthrough moment. I love how Mac was like, you've never had sex before. Let me do it. Like, that's yeah. the oh. only logical thing is to <laughs> let me help you have sex because there's nothing else that's logical. Right, I actually did that. Yeah? You did? You did yeah. that? You, like, you mean, like, you took someone's virginity? Yeah, my okay. best friend. He didn't want to go to University of Virgin. Oh, my Holy God. shit, buddy. <laughs> yes. Like, an angel. So I did it as a friend, and we're still best friends. Nice. Yes. That is that's amazing. We'll have to talk about that later when I need more material. (laughs) We've got enough material for you. If you need secondhand embarrassment, we were talking about our shitty Tinder dates last week. Oh, (laughs) yeah. It turns out that they're really shitty. Oh, Um, my God, that's fun. Yeah. Um, Is Dakota next for your books? 
I honestly don't know. I, I've, so I often take breaks between writing. Um, so I write a book, I publish it, and then I just kind of bask in the release frenzy uh, for several weeks after. And ideas usually percolate. I've been dealing with some uh, personal stuff the last couple weeks, so I haven't had time to really let my imagination um, float. But I mean, for sure, those brothers are going to get books. I was just about to say, I want the brothers to get books. I love them. They're so funny. And they're so awkward as well. They just don't give a shit. Yeah, I clearly love brothers. You know, my Harris Brothers series was such a a world. I love a family dynamic. And um, I think I have a lot of masculine energy. So I think writing like uh, the dynamic between brothers is is something that appeals to me. So um, I definitely will give the brothers a story. I think Dakota has to have a story. Yeah, um, with one also. of the brothers. Yeah, probably. And I yeah. did that. That's how, <laughs> it's funny because that's how I set up my Harris Brothers series too. The the first two brothers with Belle. hook up yeah. with uh, two best friends. So yeah. and that's that's just a fun storyline that carries over into both books. You know, seeing the friendship continue. So yeah. And yeah. you could kind of like you can kind of like sense it as well, like that scene um, in your new book where Dakota comes in and they're playing poker and everyone's being yeah. like very flirty. It's like yep. go on, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Fuck she's the patriarchy. Got... Yeah, D- Dakota's got <laughs> Dakota's got some she's got some big dick energy that I think would be Hardcore. great for those for those brothers, you know, to put them in their place a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But all your like heroines do have massive big dick energy, like Kate. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's got massive big dick energy. <laughs> I, think she, like... I, think I think that's self-proclaimed in the book even at some point, or maybe in later books because it's a series. But yeah, Kate, I gave a lot of myself to Kate because her whole backstory of um, sneaking into a tire shop waiting room to write uh, was something that I did. And so <gasps> I was like, you don't know oh, that story? That. No! Oh, I went viral for that. Um, like I was on the news. That was you. That was me. Um, I was sneaking into a place called Tires, Tires, Tires to write because I loved their waiting room, and they had really good free coffee and free cookies co- and the cookies. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so I started posting about it on social media, and it blew up. And then BuzzFeed all of a sudden like slid into my um, inbox Damn. and was asking for an interview and. Uh, then all these news stations were asking for interviews too. So um, yeah, that was that was how that whole series began because I went viral. I was actually writing um, Surrender in my Harris Brothers series when I was having writer's block and went into tires, tires, tires. And so when all of that went viral and I was doing all these interviews, my foreign rights agent at the time was like, why are you not writing a romantic comedy about this? This is a hilarious story. I was like, hey, good idea. I should try and I wrote it in like 13 days. It was just like, it just poured out of me because it was just so random and funny and fun. And I gave so much of myself to Kate that like, I didn't, I didn't have time to overthink it. I was like, just write, just write. Like it was, it was crazy. I've never been able to write a book that fast ever again. It was a fluke, but yeah, it created this whole wait with me series and I wouldn't have all these books if it weren't for, you know, that inspiration. So. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. And it is a really good, she really does have big dick energy. So great. I'm really glad that you do too. Yeah. Has the tire shop told you how they feel about this? Like, do they know? Oh, oh yes. They were involved um, when I went viral because 
One of my friends had sent me a fake invoice from Tires, 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 which actually happens in the book. In the book. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, charging for excess consumption of complimentary beverages. And I like my heart stopped because I actually thought it was real for a minute there. And um, I was on a writer's retreat and my husband called me. He's like, hey, I just got a weird letter in the mail from Tires, Tires, Tires. And he knew the joke. He knew it was one of my friends that sent it. And so I was like, I was getting seriously pissed. And I was like telling my husband, Kevin, I was like, Kevin, just tell me, is this a joke? I'm like really mad if it's real. Cause like, I really like that place and this is going to make me hate them. And so then he had to finally, he caved and told me, he's like, no, it's a joke. It's a joke from Chris, your friend, Kristen. I was like that bitch, that bitch. <laughs> um, so yeah, but then tires, tires, tires eventually slid into my Facebook messages and they were like, Hey, We've been, someone shared a post with us about an invoice and we want to let you know that wasn't from us. You're welcome anytime. And I'm actually good friends with the general manager, Gary. Now, you know, <laughs> shout out to like, Gary. Yeah, Gary. He's like this middle-aged balding guy from New York and he's like super happy to support me. I We shot the cover for Wait With Me in the Tires, Tires, Tires uh, garage. So oh um, <laughs> that's so cool. They all loved it. The owner of the of the shop was like there at the shoot finding tools for us to give this shirtless <laughs> muscle model and it was it was a great time. That's so cool. They're so into it. I love oh, yeah. that. <laughs> they loved it. Amazing. So imagine you were in this fantasy Amy Dawes world. Who would you marry out of all of your leading men? Um, it's gotta be Mac. I mean, oh, I Hundo, I'm so glad you said that. He's fucking amazing. I, I am obsessed love... with him. And he's got red hair, guys. Oh yeah. my god, like it's heaven. He's got super golden retriever energy yes. too. So he's like this lovable teddy bear. Um, but then he's super hot and like a little bit possessive. And like like when he gets jealous of Freya being on a date and shows up at her date, like I love those scenes. Those are like my universal fantasy moments in all books. Like when the guy just shows up and crashes a date. And so, um, yeah, it's gotta be Mac. Um, but I really have a soft spot for Tanner in endurance. He's that bearded man bun man, like reformed man whore. And I love him because he's, um, he's like a man whore, but he's super in touch with his emotions. And so it's funny because his inner narrative when he's like falling for the girl is, God, I love how her room smells. I just want to roll around in her bed and coat myself in it. It's like so (laughs) random, but it's like funny because he just has no inhibitions about feeling weird. And he like has a whole monologue about how much he didn't realize he loves spooning and like, you know, (laughs) so it's just funny because he's, this hot tatted footballer as well, but he, he, you know, he has this narrative of, of soft thoughts that are just hilarious. You can tell that he's like a little bit unhinged. Like when you read challenge, is it challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, his Um, book is endurance. Yeah. But when you read it and because he's like walking around with it, he refuses to shave. Yeah. Yeah. And like he refuses to get his hair cut, and, then he, yep. and he's like, "No, it's for good luck." And he walks yeah. around looking like a homeless person. And then at the uh, end yep. of the book, when Belle is like, "Why did you shave it off?" in challenge, I was like, yep. the "Next book's gonna be <laughs> real good." Yeah, Belle's that his 
counterpart is a ball buster, so she's got some big dick energy, too. <laughs> yeah, she really does. She does. She does. Um, what's the fav- your favorite sex scene that you've ever written? Oh, my gosh. There's a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, but like too many. Is there one know. that sticks out? For some reason, I just thought of um, Challenge which is my first Harris brother book. This is so weird, but like, so Indy, she's a doctor and um, she's the heroine in that book. And she's super, super book smart. She's like the Doogie Howser of her generation, but um, not very street smart or experienced in life. And so Camden, the generous footballer he is like, you know, is introducing her to all sorts of sexual things. Very similar to Mac and Freya. I love a coaching romance where, uh, you know, they, they try a bunch of things out in the bedroom together. And there's this one scene where he's like kind of teaching her how to sext, uh, how to send. Oh, sexy and they're text. sexting together in the same bed. But they're laying next to each oh, other on the bed. So hot. And it is actually really hot. It's just so hot. And I remember thinking like that is not something I'd ever seen before. And I think in romance, anytime I write something that I feel like I've never seen before is going to be one of my favorite things. Cause it's just so hard out there. There's so many books, so many ideas. It's hard to have original thoughts anymore. Yeah, um, but I remember thinking that one was a really fun, uh, you know, surprising like sexual scene. And she tries to talk to him, and he's like, "Why are you talking to me? Text me!" <laughs> like we're meant to yeah. be sexting, even though we're right yeah. next to each other. Yeah, but it yeah, does yeah. end up being really, really hot in the end. He like comes on a tits. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly, and, it's- <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> It's true. I really like, it's funny when I look back at my older stuff, I was, I had a lot less inhibitions. It seems like the more I've written books, the more aware I get of like, Oh, too far, Amy, don't do that. You know what I mean? Um, but like coming on her tits was hot and I'm like, why don't I write that anymore? Like people like they love shocking moments like that. Yeah. He was like fully fucking her tits and then he comes all over. It was amazing. (laughs) I have this like, weird disparity in my brain where I can read it and I can and I'm fine with reading all of this like dirty words and then someone says it out loud and I like I come like a little schoolgirl. I'm like oh <laughs> oh yeah I'm I'm familiar for sure like when I think about like my mom's friends reading my books and then we say something like remember when he fucked her tits and came all over I'm like oh my god my mom's best friend read that <laughs> It is. It's so awkward. My mum still doesn't. I think she knows about the podcast, but she doesn't know what it's called. So I'm like, please don't listen. Yeah, yeah, Because right, right. <laughs> I don't want you to hear about how I sing in my boyfriend's dick when I'm drunk. Oh like, <laughs> those are things I don't really want my mum to know. Oh my God, that's classic. Yeah, so. Um, Will there be any more plus-sized heroines in the future, do you think? Um, Yeah, I think definitely because I've realized readers like that from me and I like it. Um, I like the the added layer of intimacy it adds, you know. And I I truly, no matter how confident I make my heroines, I, I think the hallmark of a good romance is when a hero makes the heroine feel beautiful and desired. Whether the, she's plus sized, mid sized, or small sized, like I just love that body positivity moment um, that can happen between a couple. So I think so. I mean, I don't think I wrote Dakota plus size. You know, I think I referred to her as as like model thin or something. So um, if I write her book, she won't be. And I don't think I should do it for every character, or it just doesn't 
it feels too forced. But I think I'd like to write mid-size next too. Um, cause I feel like, you know, they're probably getting left behind a little bit cause you know, everybody like the majority obviously write, um, smaller size characters. And then the plus size is kind of making a surge, but mid-sized is kind of fun too. So yeah, I mean, definitely that's a long answer, but definitely it just has to feel organic and it has to feel like right for the characters. Yeah. I love how um how she was like, you're never going to be able to lift me, Max. And he's like, watch me. I can lift yeah. anything. I'm a man. <laughs> I know. I like, Doesn't everyone want that Max. to happen? Although the reality of it is it would probably like really hurt. <laughs> like like yeah. your shoulder would like dig into your stomach and it wouldn't even be comfortable. But, you know. Yeah, one of the things I love about all of your like female characters in your books is they don't fulfill like, I guess, normal rom-com jobs you know like often like when you read rom-coms they're like in working bakeries or like a librarian or they have these like very simple like quite classically feminine jobs but your characters don't like you know they're like doctors and um yeah. working like bigger like fields um whether i don't know where they fulfill quite masculine roles but you can still pull in the feminine side of them when it comes mm -hmm. to like their relationships and it's quite like empowering to read about those kind of women yeah well thank you uh it's hard to find jobs for characters too and not just be writing <clears throat> like what you know you know and i did notice for a while though i kept going with creative jobs for all my women and i was like okay you got to branch out of that um so that i think that was when i started to write my female surgeons the two best friends that were female surgeons and um that helped but yeah i mean I've written so many books now. There's a variety of jobs that they all work. But um, yeah, it's fun. A lot of them I end up making business owners too. Even if they have that softer looking job, they they own a business or they came up with a, <clears throat> a twist to make that business like more um, impactful. So yeah, I don't know. Well, amazing. Thank you so much. We've had so yeah. much fun speaking to you. Um, one last question. Oh, no, okay. actually two more. So are you actually going to start another series or are you still going to keep going with um, the current series that you're working on? Um, I think I'll make the Boulder Brothers their own series. I, I seem to really like to spin off series so that every book, like they're connected, but you could dive into the Boulder Brothers and not have to read the Wait With Me series to enjoy them. Um, I kind of did that with my London Lover series too. There's a spinoff book that introduced those brothers as well. So I think, I don't know, that seems to be my, my, my shtick. Um, so I'll, I'll give that a whirl and yeah, start a whole new series, keep it fresh, maybe some different looks on covers, you know, um, maybe I'll show their face, the model's face. I, <laughs> I'm a face cropper and it's so tragic because all these guys I buy are so hot. But um, all these I guys you buy, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes, just buy them at an auction. I just purchased um, them at Kmart. Yeah, Prime, Amazon Prime. Oh, You're like Amy Dawes, lover of torso. Yes, it's true. I do. I don't know. I just started cropping the faces out, and now I'm like, God, it'd be nice to actually keep some of these handsome. It is a good look, covered. though. Yeah. I know. It's a good it's, look. 
it's good because it then you just get to fill in the blanks with whatever works for you, you know, because um, people have different preferences for what they find attractive. So, yeah. are you an actual football fan, or do you oh just like God. riding? No, I don't know. I still don't know much about soccer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, written, I've written ten books in a in a football series, and I still know very little about football or soccer. If you're in the U.S., do you guys say? We say soccer, soccer or, or football. football. Depends no, who you're talking to. We have a lot okay. of pe- in Australia, particularly where I am, we have a lot of English people. So, like, okay, if sure. you say soccer around them, then you're fucked. Yeah, they, um, they get <laughs> pissy about that. Yeah, they get full aggressive about it too, like in pubs and stuff. They've started brawls over <laughs> it. Had a few like World but Cup then, finals and stuff. <laughs> I think I read a review or a TikTok or something from Blindsided. And Blindsided is one of my books that doesn't have an actual soccer ball on the cover. And the girl was like, I thought they were playing American football in London for the majority of the book. And it was so confusing to me. (laughs) And I realized (laughs) it was soccer. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is maybe tricky. So I always kind of say both. But um, no, I I remember the reason I wrote soccer was because uh, my book, uh, Strength, which is the Harris brother's sister. I was writing her story and she was my first British heroine. So my very first series was the London Lover series. It was Americans in London. And eventually the secondary characters were all British. And when I started wanting to write their books, um, Vi was my first British heroine. And I was like, what's super British? How can I make her really pretty? And um, one of my British beta readers was like, well, like, like, the English love football, you could have her have brothers who all play professionally. I was like, love it. I never would have thought of that. And I love writing things that I never would have thought of. So, um, you got I stuck. just, I was just faking it. I was faking it for her whole book. And it wasn't that hard because they were secondaries. Like, yeah, that maybe they went to a match, but it was easy enough. And then all of a sudden the readers are like, so when are we getting these sports romance brothers? And I was like, Oh no, I wasn't planning to write sports romance. (laughs) (laughs) I was not planning to write sports romance, but um, it worked out. I I eventually figured it out. I researched. I mean, I do know something, but I still don't hardly watch it. I mean, I don't really enjoy sports in general. I always say I'm in it for like the food and the fellowship. Like I like (laughs) to watch a game with a group and drinks and food, but I'm not that into the game. Well, you totally could have fooled me because I was like expecting you to come on camera, have your like Manchester United jersey on, like fully (laughs) wrapping it. (laughs) I know. I'm sure I disappoint people when they find out the truth, but I have to be real. I have to be honest because otherwise I will get caught. You know, they'll ask me something (laughs) specific and I'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Gotta to be honest, me. and I feel like millions of people out there in the world will probably counsel us for this, but football can get quite boring because it's so low scoring that yeah. like you watch yeah, yeah. it and then you're like, fuck, just something happen. Like yeah. stop <laughs> kicking it, like get it somewhere. I can't. <laughs> But then I yeah, also hate, like, super high-scoring games, so I'm probably just not the right person for sport. Yeah, I think <laughs> Please don't hard to us. watch. <laughs> We're yeah, just yeah. not sporty people, yeah. I think. 
The only time well, that I've ever really gotten into sport was when I went to go watch the tennis at the Australian Open, but I was like, I do trashed. like tennis. I don't mind tennis. Yeah. But people yeah. get angry in tennis. It's like my favorite yeah. thing. Tennis is so intense. It's so intense when you're there, but like when you're watching it on TV or like whatever, but when you're there and it, like, remember not long ago, Nick Kyrgios yelled at Ben Stiller. Yeah. <laughs> Did I you didn't not say that. So what oh happened? We've got this really like rogue Australian tennis player called Nick Kiri- <laughs> Kirigos. I don't know what his surname is. But Ben Stiller kept talking throughout the game. And so Nick looked at him and he's like, Do you know how to play tennis? And he's like, No. And he's like, I don't t- I don't tell you how to fucking act, so stop talking while I'm playing tennis. Oh. <laughs> it was hectic. Oh, that's messy. That's great. You should do a tennis series. Apparently, they're very aggressive. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Get some pent up frustration out from those hardcore tennis matches. Right. <laughs> well, but ultimately, with sports romance, it's really just a backdrop for the love story. You know, it's it's a green field. It's a little bit cinematic feeling in the scenery, and um, you know, it's it, like I said, like it's easy to fake because. The readers aren't coming for the sports necessarily. They're coming for um, the love story. And maybe the athlete, like it's kind of fun to to like date a hot athlete or think about dating, fantasize about it. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wouldn't lie. If Roger Federer was in my bed, I wouldn't say no. Right. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> have you seen the ring he gave his wife? Like, let's be real. It's not about looks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was watching the hockey final today, this morning, and then the guys took their fake teeth out, and they were smiling, and they won. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sure your contract is good enough for me to ignore that until you retire and get veneers. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) You've really got your priorities sorted, Ola. Yeah, well, you know, hockey is an aggressive game, what can I say? And then whenever Um, anyone writes a sports book about, like, really hot hockey guys, I'm like, you haven't watched hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have any advice for aspiring female authors? Um, Like, I've always said, just finish your book. You know what I mean? Like, so many people talk about ideas or they're always constantly working on something like you just have to sit down and finish, then start the editing process. Cause that part's painful too. And that's where you learn and grow and improve your writing. So, um, as long as they finish, that's great. Um, and then they can move forward if they're, if they're new, if you've already been writing for a while, um, you know, I think there's multiple ways to be successful. Like I've found a lot of success on TikTok and social media cause I'm an extrovert and it's easy for me to connect that way. But there's lots of readers um, or authors who are introverts and don't necessarily vibe that way. And they, they, they can find their readers as well. So um, there's multiple ways to be successful in this industry. And I think sometimes people forget that and they kind of get stuck like comparing themselves to someone and um, that's not necessary. Yeah, amazing. Final parting words. How beautiful. Thank you, Amy. Yes, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been so much fun and we can't wait to see what's coming out next. I'm actually really jeeped for the brothers. Like I want to have a I want to like really read a story about the quiet brother in the mountain. Oh yeah, everyone wants He's, the quiet brother. Yes, because Listen, they're always he, the filthiest fuckers. 
Yes. (laughs) It is so funny how everyone wants his story and he said like four words in the whole book. And it's like Everybody likes a brooding mountain man. He's gonna be filthy as shit. Like there's no way that the quietest guy isn't gonna be like the one who opens a closet and there's not gonna be like ten thousand whips in there or something. Like you always have the strangest things going on whenever you read about a quiet guy. It's true. It's true. What is it? What is it about those strong, silent types? I don't know, but I'm so Wild. into it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Amy. Next week, we have By a Thread by Lucy School. We're so excited about this one. We can't wait to tell you guys about it and how amazing it is and why it's okay to write fuck you on a pizza. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, well, thank you so much, Amy, and we can't yeah. wait to hear about what's happening next. Yes, thank you guys for having me today. No worries. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.